Hello and welcome to Cracked Open, a podcast guiding you on your journey to becoming a vessel of unconditional love. This is your host, Beck Mylonis, High Priestess, Channel, and Activator. Join me on this series as I share reflections, insights, and channel transmissions from my journey of walking the initiation path. Each episode is a unique transmission containing supportive frequencies to facilitate the deepest healing, activation, and reconnection with your soul. I invite you to open your mind and set the intention to receive this episode into your heart space. Let's go. Hello and welcome to another episode. Today, I would love to dive deep into softening into feminine, even feminine vulnerability and openness, how we can cultivate within us these divine feminine qualities of vulnerability, openness, and the ability to receive support um, from the masculine. So some of the things that I am going to discuss in this episode is how to lower our wounded masculine shield, how to come to terms and in peace with masculine energy, to forgive masculine energy, to cultivate our own sense of safety and boundaries so we feel safe to soften and open in the most beautiful ways. And really just to give you some energetics to begin to feel into around what feminine sensitivity feels and looks like for you and how to begin the journey of opening more of this sensual, um, soft, receptive energy. And this is for both men and women. So if this is a man listening to this or a masculine identifying being, um, please know that in this transmission, there are also some uh, invitations for you to soften more into your own feminine energy and to learn how to hold women in a space that feels safe and allows them to soften and open. But predominantly, I am speaking to women, women who desire to cultivate more of these divine feminine aspects within themselves. So please know this is an activation. There are some energies coming through this transmission. I invite you, as always, to open your heart and to receive this transmission from your heart space. Please know some things might come up in the process, and that is completely okay, and you are safe, and you are held And I'm always here, um, you know, to shoot ideas too. If you're processing something and you would like another opinion, please feel free to reach out to me. And so we begin. So I suppose one of the main qualities of divine feminine energy is softness, openness, and sensitivity, I suppose, but the ability to be gentle and open (laughs) and soft, and vulnerable, right? And I would like to say, or think, I would like to think that I've come a long way on my journey to really embodying vulnerability, and what that looks like, um, which and has enabled me to cultivate more intimacy in my connections, which has enabled me to really cultivate intimacy and vulnerability with myself and my truth, um, and has allowed me to truly lean in in conscious connection, in intimacy with others, particularly with the masculine, when in the past I used to be very uh, defensive or 
always on the attack, right? Assuming that people are going to desire to hurt me or that I needed to protect myself. Um, I found it very difficult to let my boundary, and it wasn't even a boundary from a place of a genuine boundary. It was a place where I was putting up essentially walls and blockades to stop people from getting close to me, right? Um, and that was a defense mechanism for me. And so many of us believe when we start this journey, you know, we know that we desire to soften and open and be sensitive and, um, you know, allow ourselves to surrender more. But the thought of doing that is fucking terrifying. And the reason for this is that we do not feel safe, right? We've been taught in our upbringing, in the relationships that we've already had, um, we have learned to expect that we need to protect ourselves in a way which essentially shuts people out. So we have big walls around our heart and that affects the way that we relate to others, particularly in intimate connections, those close to you. If you're a male, uh, sorry, if you're a female identifying being and you are looking to call in a divine masculine partner, for instance, you need to be able to soften and open in order to call in someone who is capable of or you know can support you and without doing the work to really allow yourself to soften and open and feel safe the self-trust the boundaries all of this stuff which i'm going to talk about on this episode then it becomes really difficult to allow yourself to be seen and supported by somebody else right by a masculine presence and so for me at the beginning of this journey I had this mask on um, that I would wear throughout my life in all of my interactions with anybody who came even moderately close to me or in, in my space, right? And I was notoriously defensive um, and hard. And I had this persona of this bad bitch, tough fighter, tattooed, um, you know, rocket chick who didn't give a fuck and I'm hyper-dependent and I don't need a man, right? So there's this boss babe persona that in our industry or in the healing space, um, in the coaching industry, even in the professional industries, there's this boss babe persona of like high-performing woman, right? Which is actually super, I don't know if we're going to go fully here, like spirit's kind of nudging me to go there, but we'll, we'll come back to this. It's super harmful to the feminine essence, because it prevents us from allowing others to support us. It prevents us from being sensitive and open. And it puts us into a space where we are always performing. We're always achieving and we essentially burn out. So we operate from this masculine place. Um, and in doing so, we don't allow our feminine to come out. We don't allow our feminine energy, our softness, our intuition, our vulnerability, all of these things to come to the fore because many of us are in roles in our work, in our relationships, in whatever capacity that may be, where we're always having to defend and protect ourselves. We're always having to take action. We're always having to um, put on that provider supporter role, right? And so for me, this hyper-dependence came from a place of wounding because I believed truly <laughs> in my heart from childhood trauma um, and from my upbringing that I was not protected, that I was not safe to express my truth, to express my vulnerability, that any time I showed someone who I truly was, and this is also going back to like past life trauma, so the witch wound, um, many times where, you know, sharing my authentic vulnerable truth with the world literally got me killed, <laughs> right? Literally, it literally fucking got me killed when I expressed 
something that was true in my heart to me that was dangerous for me. And that only ended in rejection, heartbreak, abandonment. So I equated that I needed to learn how to protect myself, that if I put up these boundaries and this persona of I'm so tough, I don't give a fuck, like you can't hurt me um, and not allow people to get close to me, then I would never be hurt, right? If I reject everyone else first, then nobody can reject me. And I don't have to feel the pain of being alone. I don't have to feel the pain of being abandoned. I don't have to feel the pain of someone that I love leaving me or losing someone who is close to me. I don't have to feel the pain of someone seeing something in me that they don't like or that they reject which then means that I reject myself deeper, right? So it was my unwillingness to really sit with aspects and parts of myself and accept them that I then believed that these parts of me were inherently unlovable and that anybody that came into my space would inevitably reject me. And the irony is at the core, what I truly desired was love and acceptance. <laughs> I truly desired to be soft and vulnerable and squishy and sensitive and open. And I knew that my heart was so, super big and all that it craved was to be seen and loved. But in shutting myself off, I was preventing myself from ever really attaining that level of intimacy or connection because I didn't allow people to even get close enough to see who I truly was, right? And so a lot of us do this, um, particularly women, we have this wounded masculine shield where we're so used to having to defend and protect ourselves. I'm feeling this is really triggering um, some people. I feel in my solar plexus and my um, sacral around the trauma and the abuse that the feminine has um, I guess, has suffered at the hands of the wounded masculine. And again, I don't want to point fingers um, and be like, well, I'm a woman and all men are bad, right? Because we have all in, in our soul's journey, we have all been everything. We've been the female, we've been the male, we've been the non-binary, right? Like whatever it is, we've been everything. So at some point in all of our journeys, we've been the oppressor, we've been the persecutor, we've been the abuser, right? Just as much as we've been the victim. But there is this core feminine wound, which is I cannot trust the masculine um, because the masculine that we see in society, in our wounded patriarchy, um, pillages and rapes and destroys the feminine, which is Mother Earth, right? So it's on that level of the earth, what we do to Mother Nature. And then if we look deeper into the mother wound, and I'm going to have to do a whole episode around the mother wound because this is goes so deep, but the ways in which Women have, um, I suppose, have their places in society and the wounding that that causes us of being degraded to second-class citizens or told we're too much or um, told our emotions are too much or, or told to just be reasonable and get over it or whatever it is, right? The ways in which we have been um, abused, we've been belittled, we've been told that we're too much, we're, we're too emotional, too sensitive, whatever it is the ways in which our boundaries have continuously been crossed on a, oh, this one is going to affect some people. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. You're here for some clearing. Um, the ways in which we have, the ways in which we have suffered sexual trauma. So we've been violated. We've been physically abused in whatever capacity that is, that then creates this sense within us that we are not safe. 
And this might be from, you know, connections in your current lifetime, in past lifetimes. It could be something that you've inherited from your maternal line. So ancestral um, patterning of it's not safe for me to trust the masculine. It's not safe for me to trust others. And it also could be wounding from the feminine, right? So a lot of my wounding um, around putting up these barriers and these walls were where my own mother, again, mother wound, consistently crossed my boundaries, consistently made me a victim, consistently. Um, and again, I allowed myself to be a victim. So she didn't make me a victim. I chose to have that experience, but I was consistently the victim and she was consistently the aggressor, right? And I learned that love is not safe. Connection is not safe that letting people into my space, um, allowing myself to be vulnerable meant that I was open for attack. And so my nervous system was regulated to constantly be in a stress response of fawn, fight, flee. Um, there's another one, but I don't, it's not coming to my mind, right? So my sympathetic nervous system was constantly switching on and preparing to run away or, um, you know, trying to, assess a threat in my environment or expecting people to betray me and hurt me or um, expecting things to be chaotic. I expected love and connection and relationships to be chaotic because that is the patterning that I took on, right? I expected that all men just wanted to use me for sex and fuck me over and didn't want to deepen or soften or open. So in my early 20s, the way that this masculine shield that I had really manifested um, itself in my reality was that I would constantly and consistently call in men who were emotionally unavailable, who just wanted to use me for sex um, and would come over, we'd you know, do whatever, and then they would leave when truly, and I would wind up feeling more alone, more miserable, more... Um, separate than I did before they came, right? So the thing that I was seeking was intimacy and connection. And truly what I desired was to be seen in my softness and my vulnerability. I wanted to be held. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be told you're beautiful as you are. I wanted the cuddles, the spooning. But I thought the way that I would get that is through giving myself away, right? And so I learned very early on in, in my interactions with men and other people that it wasn't safe for me to say no, that my boundaries were not um, respected, <laughs> that even if I set a boundary, I would consistently be violated. That was for my mom, right? So that wasn't necessarily from the, the masculine, um, although in many past lifetimes, I've been consistently violated by the masculine, which is a core wound of mine. And so that in, in, in essence, what happened and what was showing up was that I would project this, I don't give a fuck, um, you know, casual is fine. I don't want anything from you. Cool girl, hyper independent, boss bitch persona. And then I would fucking crumble and fall apart when these men were consistently not meeting me in my depths. I'm not willing to see my softness, right? I would never allow anyone to even see me cry. It was like a big no-no for me to be seen in my vulnerability, in my truth, in my emotion, because I believed that if I was to show someone that, they would leave me. They would run away, right? Let me have a sip of water. I'm getting pretty potent up in here. And so I was in constant self-protection mode. Um, and mind you, it wasn't a divine masculine protection in which I was coming to the world through. It was an aggressive, wounded um, masculine, which sought to control things like overly controlling, manipulative. Um, manipulative is actually a, a wounded feminine trait, but it was 
always having to have the power, the upper hand, always having to anticipate an attack, um, being forceful, being, you know, harsh, being whatever it was, right? And I was never allowing myself to truly be seen in my vulnerability and my emotion. And what happened was, <laughs> this was about halfway through my, um, when once my spiritual awakening began, I began to reflect on why is it that I'm calling in all these emotionally unavailable men who cannot hold me and don't see me. And I realized I'm the bottom and common denominator in all of these experiences. And I really need to change something if I want my reality to change, <laughs> right? Where am I not allowing myself to be authentic and truthful and expressing to myself who I truly was, right? So the first step, if you are looking to soften into feminine vulnerability and forgive and re- um, pattern your relationship dynamics, your ability to be intimate, your attachment styles, whatever it was, is, and welcome in more divine masculine support into your life. The first step is always looking internally at yourself, at your patterns, at your upbringing, looking at where did I learn that I wasn't safe to love? Where did I learn to put this barrier around my wall? What is it that my heart truly craves? Um, what did I learn when I was expressing a boundary or you know, expressing how I felt, how did people react to that? So for instance, your caregivers. Um, and if you look at your relationships, you can actually go back and see common patterns and be like, oh, this partner, why I attract consistently partners who abandon me, or I attract consistently partners who can't meet me emotionally or tell me my emotions are too much or whatever it is, right? So you look at what's been, and that's always a, a, an opening point for you to look at, okay, what's underneath that? And then start to do the work to connect to who you truly are at the core, at the essence, beneath these stories, beneath these identities of I'm this tough, you know, hyper independent woman. Guys, the truth of who I am, once I did all this deconditioning work, is that I am so soft and squishy and vulnerable and sensitive and emotional. And I truly just desire to be supported, right? In every way, even in terms of Maybe I don't even really want to be successful in my business and I want to be supported by a man financially. Maybe that's a potential for me, right? But even admitting this to myself that I craved that support, that I craved to not hustle and push and force and, you know, all of this stuff was a huge edge for me. I had to do the inner work to even be able to recognize who I truly was underneath all of the identities and the labels and the false boundaries that I'd put up. And I thought, oh, I have loving boundaries but they weren't, they were brick walls, right? And so you can put up boundaries, loving boundaries that are actually just brick walls and they're blocking your ability to call in intimacy. And so it's like looking at all this stuff that you have in place, looking at how you are around expressing your truth and your emotions, expressing something that is vulnerable and honest in yourself. And in being, in, in being able to do that, being able to do that means that you need to know your truth, right? You need to be able to really, truly, fully understand what is it that I desire? What is it that I need? What is a boundary for me? What is it that I expect my partner, other people? Um, what do I expect in my relationships? How do I desire people to show up for me? What am I no longer available for? Looking at all of this stuff and then being able to ask for it, right? Which is super uncomfortable. If you have been taught that you are too much, that your needs are too much, that your desires are too much, that your emotions are too much, that any part of you is too much, it's gonna be really fucking challenging the first time you set a boundary 
or the first time you express your truth. And I urge you to sit with the part of yourself as your nervous system goes into overdrive and maybe you want to run away or maybe you want to blame the person, project all your shit onto them. Maybe you get angry, whatever it is, whatever is coming up for you, the anxiety that's coming up in your body or maybe you shut down completely, right? You freeze. Whatever that response is for you, I urge you to recognize it and learn how to hold yourself in that response. And in holding that divine, masculine, neutral, loving, safe, um, non-judgmental space for yourself and your own emotional process as you begin to set these things in place, that allows the space for you to call in divine masculine energy in your external people who can support and love you guys. And I'm not necessarily talking about a relationship. In fact, I would say 80% of my work in intimacy and connecting and opening into my softening and vulnerability as a female actually came from friends first and foremost. So I learned to express my needs to friends, express my truth to friends, express when I was upset about something, learn to take full responsibility of my own projections and my own inner shit. And then once I felt, okay, cool, I'm clear in this. I know what is mine and what I'm not tolerating anymore, right? So it's like discerning, is this a story? Is this an ego thing? Is this me projecting that they're going to abandon me because I think that everyone's going to abandon me and really I'm overreacting, right? Like you need to be able to look at this stuff and be like, I'm going to take full responsibility first. And then once you've taken the responsibility and you've done the work, being able to express to someone else your vulnerable truth without attachment, this is important, without attachment to how they're going to receive that. I'm going to say it again, without attachment to how they're going to receive or respond to your truth, right? Huge fucking initiation for me. I remember I called in a man um, for this lesson, for for this initiation, I suppose, into expressing my truth. And it was so many uncomfortable edges after so many uncomfortable edges. And this man was only a friend, so we were not romantic. Um, but he showed up in my life and there was this huge past life karmic connection, right? I was remembering lifetimes with him. And it was like this unconditional love that I could never have like even fathomed because this was like my second soulmate connection or something that came in. So I'd never even felt that amount of love for someone that I just met, right? And this man was initiating me into constantly having to own how I was feeling and express it to him without the fear that he would abandon me, right? Because our core wound from a previous lifetime was that he literally died on me and never came back. So he went off to war or something. He was my love, the love of my life. He died, he never came back, right? And so I was constantly in fear of like, if I tell him how I feel, if I express to him what's what this connection's bringing up for me, he's gonna abandon me, right? He was my trainer and one day he didn't show up for training and it completely triggered my abandonment wound. It, it triggered me so hard that I then sent him this like eight minute message about how, you know, it's not acceptable for, and I don't want people in my life who don't show up consistently and don't communicate with me. And I really just like projected all of this anger that I had towards other people, um, right? And feeling like people were crossing my boundaries. I projected it all onto him when truly what I should have done was look at, okay, what is he bringing up? What, what can I work through before I even bring this to him and then say lightly, hey, you know, when you did this, it triggered an abandonment wound and it didn't feel good. And I would prefer if you messaged me, if you couldn't come or whatever. 
Um, this was early on in my journey, guys. So I was still learning and growing. Anyway, sent him this eight minute voice message about how um, violated I felt that he didn't show up and rah, 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 et cetera, right? And this relationship was a constant trigger for me. So things just kept coming up and kept coming up and spirit was testing me as to, are you going to vulnerably share your truth? Are you going to vulnerably share your truth? And know that even in his rejection of me, and even if he was to abandon me, to leave, to tell me that I'm crazy, that the, you know, all the past life stuff is in my head, that I'm not, whatever it was, that he didn't feel the same, whatever it was, that no matter what happened, I'd be able to hold myself, right? So that was the initiation. And eventually that initiation culminated in me, um, like, putting down a boundary and leaving so it culminated in self-love because I learned um, through the experience how to hold myself how to love myself how to ask for what I was worth and eventually recognize that this person was actually really harmful for me they were causing me to go through this stuff constantly and I was ready to be finished with it right so the lesson was empowerment for me and self-love and the self-loving thing for me to do was to put an energetic boundary between us and say hey bro I love you I love hanging out with you, but actually it's too much for me right now. I need to do some inner work before this relationship feels good for me. And, you know, it's just nothing you did. I just, I'm having a mo, <laughs> just having a mo and I just need some time on my own. And that was it. Right. And so I put space between us and he was so beautiful and respectful about all of that. And then in time, I realized, you know, this relationship was just a trauma bond. It was bringing up all of these patterns from my childhood and Believe it or not, I went and repeated the same pattern with many other soulmates afterwards who would reflect this trauma bond back at me, right? So I had a man um, at the end of last year, I traveled to go be with him and it was constantly um, triggering my abandonment wound, triggering my anxious attachment, triggering the fear that I was going to be abused, that I was not being, you know, my needs weren't being met. And I would express my needs to this man. And he, like, for instance, one of my needs, core needs is physical touch, right? That's one of my love languages. If someone is not giving me physical touch, I, um, yeah, I don't feel love, right? So I had to express that to him. And he said to me, look, Beck, I'm never going to be that guy. I'm never going to be able to meet you in what you desire. And the way that he said it made me feel like my needs are too much. What I'm asking for is too much, right? I need to settle for something then less than I deserve for less than I deserve and self-abandon to keep this love, right? I need to lie to myself and tell myself it's okay that this man doesn't want to cuddle all the time or that he, you know, doesn't make me a priority or all the things that I was settling and self-abandoning in that relationship around because I was so desperate for that love. And again, the initiation for me there was being like, okay, I've looked at my triggers. I've looked at the mirror that this beautiful person is providing me. And I choose to decide that I'm not too much, that what I desire is not too much, that, you know, someone out there will be capable of giving that to me. And that's what I truly desire. And so walking away again was the lesson for me to be like, okay, beautiful connection. There's some love here, lots of growth, et cetera, whatever. But I'm going to honor me and step away, right? And so when we consistently self-abandon, the work that we need to do is becoming that 
divine masculine protector and supporter for ourselves. So walking away when someone crosses your boundary, it's like putting up boundaries around your body, around, you know, how you desire people to treat you, how you expect to be spoken to. And when that is violated, removing yourself immediately from the situation, right? Like express it. Hey, you just violated a boundary. Well, first express your boundaries firstly, because people aren't mind readers, express your needs, express your boundaries to that person. And if they're not capable of meeting you, if they consistently cross your boundary, uh, violate your boundary, or put you in a, a space where you feel unsafe, then it's time to remove yourself, right? And so a large part of my journey also has been celibacy, because I used to abandon myself consistently to be sexual with men and allow them to violate my temple, my body, um, when I didn't fully feel safe, where that person wasn't capable of genuine connection. And so I had to learn to A, forgive myself, like forgive myself for the number of times I said no and they didn't, you know, listen to me and then continued on or I didn't set a boundary or I felt bad. So I went along with it, even though I really wasn't feeling them, whatever it was. And it was fucking painful to look at the number of times I said no one was violated or the number of times I just gave in because it was easier than having to make things uncomfortable by saying, hey, I don't want to go there with you, right? And even after doing all of this work, sometimes I see myself crossing my own boundary and I get really disappointed. And I, it's like my little girl feels unsafe and I know she feels unsafe because I get emotional or whatever it is. And I just ignore it, right? I ignore it. I shut it off. I pretend it's not there. And then it's myself that I'm disappointed in of like, how did we not respect our own boundary? You know, how I'm so sorry that I didn't protect you in that moment. And so we need to reparent our inner child who feels unsafe by showing up for them, by protecting our temple, protecting our space, protecting our boundaries and being prepared to fuck it up, guys. <laughs> We're not perfect, right? And in vulnerability and opening and softness and all of these things, there's constantly going to be triggers that arise um, and you're going to need to learn to discern whether you feel safe to open to someone or not. Um, I did talk on a previous podcast episode about I went on a date with a man and he was a beautiful man, right? He was lovely. He was a gentleman, all of these things. But because he couldn't hold the capacity of my spiritual self, right? All of my shamanic energy, all of my medicine woman stuff, I didn't actually feel safe around him, right? And I went a little bit further than I would have liked to do in terms of intimacy. Um, I still stuck to my boundary, but it was a bit further than I thought, you know, I was available for at that moment. And I didn't listen to my body and I didn't trust my body when my little girl felt really unsafe. And what happened was I started to cry and he was like, yeah, it's okay. You can cry, but I could feel him contract and I could feel that he was not available to actually hold the space that I needed. And so I left and then I felt, you know, a lot of shame and guilt and, oh my God, I just can't believe I self-abandoned again in that way. Right. And I had to sit with all of that and process that and process the parts within me that still felt like I was too much that my needs were too much, that no man was able to hold me, right? And it's a constant process. Um, and you're going to meet edges. Like it's going to require you to get uncomfortable sometimes. It's going to require you to possibly lose people from your life that you love. So for instance, with my family, I've done a lot of work with you know my inner child wounding, particularly around my mom and my dad. And 
for the first couple of years of my healing journey, there were times when I would literally have to hang up the phone to them because they didn't treat me the way that I was asking to be treated with respect. Or I would say, hey, I'm not available to talk about the news or like, you know, the pandemic or whatever the fuck it was. And they would, or like my financial situation, whatever it was. And I said, hey, this is my boundary. If you talk about this, I'm literally hanging up the phone on you. And they would still do it. So I had to learn to like stick to that boundary and be prepared that my parents were going to be pissed at me, right? Be prepared to lose that love. And I last year remember when I came back to Sydney to be with my family and it had been two years since I'd seen them and I'd done so much healing work. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be this like super evolved fucking human and hold my mom in compassion because I understand her finally and I see her wounds and my wounds and rah, 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 rah. Right, hold on, water, water break. And the reality was I was super fucking triggered <laughs> and all my emotions were coming up that entire time. And I was getting angry at myself of like, you should be more compassionate than this. You should be better than this. But actually the anger was coming from the fact that I still wasn't um, I was self-abandoning. I wasn't holding my boundary when she would get in my space and constantly violate my boundaries because my mom was at that time super difficult to put boundaries for, right? Like she just didn't respect boundaries. Um, so I would then have to remove myself from the environment. I literally took myself out of the room when I was you know, being yelled at or whatever it was. And I was noticing that she, I had expressed, hey, I'm feeling really triggered right now. I'm feeling really emotional and sensitive. Could you please not talk to me like that? Or could you please come back in an hour after I've had some time to process and we can discuss this? And she would just keep screaming. So I'd be like, right, now I'm going to remove myself from the situation. And I had to do that enough times that she learned, okay, I'm going to lose my daughter. I'm going to lose my daughter if I keep treating her this way, right? And I learned there's part of me that has me. And that is not going to fucking tolerate being treated like shit anymore, right? And now, guys, our relationship is beautiful. It's so harmonious and lovely. And I feel so seen and held and loved by her. And I can be around her volatility or her emotions or her sadness or whatever it is. And I don't get triggered anymore. I can just hold. I actually can. I'm not just saying this. I fully integrated this. This is a fucking huge milestone for me. And I'm so excited to share it, right? because she doesn't trigger me anymore because I know I've got me because I've dealt with all the wounds that she was reflecting back at me. Um, because in the past when she'd yell and scream and, and abuse me or whatever it was, it was perpetuating my victim story. But because I was able to rewrite that, rewrite that story and do all of the release work around all the anger that I was suppressing as a child, um, thanks to my last relationship, the man who I had to walk away from, um, he brought all of that anger up. <laughs> thanks, Mikey. He brought all of that anger up so I could release it, right? And it was super uncomfortable and horrible at the time. But what it enabled was to, for me to not have that reaction anymore, right? And to be able to see someone's stuff and be like, that's not my stuff. And so when you are vulnerably sharing your truth, the fear is that you're going to trigger someone, that your truth, your love, your softness, your authenticity, your vulnerability, whatever it is, someone else is not going to be able to handle that. And they're going to project some shit onto you, right? And if you're clear enough in yourself and who you are, and you have strong boundaries, I'm telling you, you can be soft and open and people can shit all over. You're not shit all over you. I don't want to say that because... No, boundaries are really important, but like people can have whatever fucking reaction they want to have. And that just shows you, okay, that's where that person is at. 
and I'm not taking this on as my own, right? They can have that reaction. And furthermore, I choose to call in people who are working on themselves, who are capable of owning their own, um, you know, owning their own patterns, owning their own stuff, having self-responsibility. But in order for you to attract something outside of you, if you want a presence, a stability, a non-judgmental kind of loving container to be held for you, you need to learn how to hold that for yourself first, right? So it's, it's being compassionate with your emotions, even if you feel like they're too much. It's telling the parts of you who feel like they're not lovable, that they're amazing, that they're safe, that they're seen, that they're, you know, their sensitivity is beautiful, their softness is beautiful, that you accept who you truly are at the core. Um, and that invites other people. When you start treating yourself the way that you desire to be treated by others, that invites people in who can mirror that to you, right? And I've had some incredible beautiful divine masculine people come into my space even women holding the divine masculine by the way that's not a gender thing I've had beautiful friendships with women where they've held the divine masculine space for me so beautifully and I feel so unconditionally accepted and they're so neutral towards me no judgment right um, they don't put up with my bullshit but they also don't they don't make me feel worse about myself and I've had those reflections because I was able to soften and be truthful and authentic and honest with myself and be compassionate to the parts of myself that felt like they were too much, that were afraid of being abandoned, that were whatever it is. I'm just going to see if there's anything else that wants to come through. And the final piece that I want to bring in to this mix is around discernment and just because you're sensitive and you're open and you, you know, uh, surrender and you allow someone close to you and you allow someone to take the reins or lead you or whatever it is, does not mean that you are weak. Vulnerability actually requires strength, right? And so many women are afraid that if they lean into their feminine vulnerability, they will be seen and perceived as weak, right? I have ranted on so many times in my life about sacred rage. I'm going to do it again, guys. Just because you have an open heart and you're kind and you're loving and you're soft and you're vulnerable does not mean that you allow people to cross your boundaries, right? Because then that's not being loving to yourself. First and foremost, you need to be loving to yourself. You need to be willing to call out some shit when you see it, put up a boundary, put up a wall, walk away, whatever it is that you need to do learn how to discern who is capable of meeting you at the level that you're at. So get really clear on like, how do I desire to be treated? And if someone is not meeting you at that level and you've expressed how you would like to meet them, then deciding and walking away, right? So like being able to be tough when you need to, <laughs> when you're protecting what is sacred, which is you, you're sacred, right? So being able to be that divine masculine warrior and switch if you need to, being able to embody Kali and sacred rage when someone is trying to violate your space, right? It doesn't mean just lying down and taking it when someone is trying to hurt or manip manipulate or abuse you, whatever it is. Softness and openness does not equate to weakness. It doesn't have to, right? But it just means that you don't always have to be on the offense. If you can discern 
where it's safe to let down your barriers, where there's people who are proving to you in their actions and how they're showing up that they're capable of holding a space for you, right? So it's like learning to discern. You have to learn to discern. And it'll it'll be difficult at the beginning because everything will feel like unsafety in your body. So it's like learning to train your nervous system to be in the parasympathetic, which is calming and relaxing and and restorative more than it is in the chaos (laughs) of the sympathetic nervous system, which looks like drama cycles and toxic fucking connections, like, um, like trauma bonds posing as soulmate love. Had a few of them, guys. Oh my God, here's my twin flame. No, it's a trauma bond, right? It's a karmic relationship and it's a trauma bond. And it feels like, oh my God, my whole body is on fire and I'm, you know, really like passionate and oh, I feel so exciting because your nervous system is on fire, right? It's that's what it feels like. Safe love doesn't necessarily have to feel like that all the time. Yes, you can feel deep, energetic connection to someone that feels like sensual and beautiful and electric. But actually, someone who is honoring you and honoring your boundaries and who is safe um, for you to open up to will feel really grounding, really calming. It'll feel like a deep exhale, summer um, breeze. It'll feel like sun on your skin, sunshine, right? Like call in the people that feel like sunshine to you, that just feel easeful and comfortable to hang out with. Prioritize and, you know, change your dialogue internally so you're not seeking drama and chaos so you desire to feel at peace so you desire to feel and um, allow yourself to be graceful soft open receptive right and when you begin to embody those equalities within yourself then you can see people showing up who are capable of supporting you right and one final piece about relationships like men really, truly at their heart, desire to support us. They desire to. It's an innately masculine quality to want to provide, protect, support. If you're doing all of that for yourself all the time and you're saying, I don't need you, I don't even need you to you know, pay for my dinner or pick up a bag or give me a jacket or whatever it is, that man's going to be like, well, she doesn't need me. I feel invalidated. My whole existence is invalidated. So I'm going to go find someone who will appreciate me, right? who will appreciate my qualities. That's their qualities. As much as your softness and your open heart and your nurturing and your um, sensuality and your sensitivity, they're the feminine qualities that men or inherently masculine men are attracted to. If you're not being in that space, it doesn't allow a man or a masculine, divine masculine to step into his masculinity, right? You're depriving him of the opportunity to rise and meet you and support you and grow with you. Um, if you are saying, well, you, the, you're not going to show up, you're not going to be capable of holding me, um, you know, I don't need your support. I prefer to just be hyper-dependent and do it on my own. Fine, be alone forever, you know, but if you're looking for connection and you want to change your relationships with the masculine, if you want to learn how to soften and trust and open and surrender so you can be magnetic, um, then you need to learn how to accept help, ask for help, ask for support. The other day when I had some stuff coming up, I had to message one of my beautiful masculine friends who has in the past held a really, really solid, strong divine masculine presence for me. And it enabled so much deep healing between us. Like it was profound, the healing that we were capable of bringing each other because I dropped fully into my feminine and allowed him to be in all of his masculine power and didn't tell him that it's too scary or too much, right? 
he had some masculine wounding, I had some feminine wounding, sorry, the other way around. I had some masculine wounding, he had some feminine wounding and we healed that for each other. Um, and I said, hey, like I've had some stuff come up. I feel like what I'm processing right now is it was because of the date that I went on that I'm too much and no one's able to hold me. And I know that you've held me really beautifully in the past. So are you capable of jumping on a call and holding a non-judgmental, neutral masculine space for me? And he was like, fuck yeah, of course I can, right? So you can learn and practice this within your friendships and your connections. Even, you know, like, like I said, I had many females holding that strong divine masculine for me because unfortunately it's taken the men a while <laughs> to kind of catch up. But now I'm seeing beautiful, you know, men in my friendship circle, in my family, whatever it is rising up to meet me in that space. So don't think that the only place that you can do this work is in intimate relationships as in romantic relationships. You can also do it in connections. You can do it with your family, with your friends. And it's just willingness, right? It's willingness to allow yourself to be who you truly are and allow yourself to let go of the control that being um, hard or being whatever it is, having these protective, protective walls around your heart are giving you, like letting yourself release some of the control to just soften, right? What happened? What would happen if you were to like release the reins of control? If you were to allow people to get a little bit closer to you, if you were holding the parts of yourself who feel unsafe, that is my invitation for you guys. I'm going to wrap it up there. Let me know if this transmission had an activation for you. If you've had some stuff coming up, love hearing from people on my Instagram or my email. So head to my website. For that information, www.beckmylonus.com. If you've enjoyed this, please subscribe, share, and send this to someone who maybe needs this. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cracked Open. Don't forget to hit subscribe and share with a friend if this episode has served you in any way. For more information about the work that I do or to get in touch with me, read the show notes or head to beckmylonus.com. Until next time, beautiful soul. 